Welcome to the First Presbyterian Church Newburn Podcast. My name is Paul Scott Chernitsky. I am your host, and I am joined again by my co-host, Anna. Paul Scott, it is so good to be here. We have a lot going on. The Advent Craft Fair is happening right now as we speak. Right now, I left the Advent Craft Fair while cinnamon trees were still being made and Advent wreaths were being crafted and devotionals picked up just to come be here with the podcast. The um, the holiday vibe is in the air. Yes. Uh, if you're listening to this right away on Monday, that means on Friday is uh, where we start hanging the greens. Correct. That is at nine o'clock in the morning. It And we don't really have an end time. It's just when things get done. Now, some churches have a whole worship service with hanging of the greens. That's not what this is. This is a work day. It's lots of fun. It's casual. Bring clippers if you have them. Um, and you don't have to have a lot of experience. The neat thing is, is that um, it's just a fun time to gather and the church gets decorated for Advent and Christmas. And then I just was with some friends that have a student at the preschool this weekend, and they were talking about the candlelight, which is coming up a week from from Sunday, so the 10th, right? Yes, the 10th at 7 o'clock, and that's a music... Um it's a, it's a worship service, but all of our choirs lead worship, our youth, our children, our adults, our handbells, and then there's a reception afterwards. It ends with candlelight, which is why we call it that. Um, and and it's, it's just a very moving worship service. So um, it's at seven o'clock next Sunday. But Paul Scott, there's more. There's more. What's more? Well, I got to say one thing about that. I think the youth will, I haven't even told you this. This is a this is fresh. I think the youth will be running the stream that night too. Oh. I think Henry, my apprentice, mm-hmm. uh, a member of our church, young man Henry, is in fifth grade. I think he's in fifth grade. Henry is going to pretty much be in control of the stream for most of it while I'm going to be down around on the floor with my real camera just capturing moments and stuff. That's amazing. So that's, that'll be really cool. That's amazing. Okay, there's more. There's more. On Thursday night at 5.30, the entire congregation and community has been invited to join our neighbors at Temple B'nai Shalem at Union Point Park at 5.30 for the first night of Hanukkah. They're going to have a lighting of the menorah um, at 5.30. It's going to be a really wonderful celebration. And then in our own churchyard, we're going to have a menorah in solidarity with our neighbors. So you'll be able to see that in our church yard starting on Thursday as well. So those are two things that are in the community, that are our neighbors, that um, you're not going to want to miss. Wow, a lot going on. And then of course, we've talked about it a lot last podcast, but then you have the first night and then you have lots of services. I mean, four um, That services. would actually be called the longest night. The first night. First the night. Longest. There. Well, anyway, that's a whole other thing. Longest night. Longest night. What day is that? That's on the twenty-first. Got it. Mm-hmm. And, and then Christmas Eve. There's two. It's a Sunday, so there's two services in the morning. Your normal Advent services, right? Correct. And then two services in the evening. So yes. four all together. It's and the newsletter, which is on our website, sort of describes if you want to know more about the services, because not everybody does everything the same way. So in the newsletter for this month, I sort of write a paragraph about each service, what you can expect, sort of what to know about it. And then to close today, I'm holding in my hand uh, this great printout called uh, Those Who Dream, which is our theme Mm -hmm. for Advent this year, right, at First Press. This is an Advent devotional. And if you haven't picked one up, where do you get one? They are all over the church. They're in the sanctuary today. Um, We handed them out at 8.30. We're handing them out as well at 11. If you don't get one, they're in the office all week. And if there are any extras or if anyone wants one, we can easily print more. Um, We'll have them next Sunday as well. 
So I'm looking through it, and it's like each day there's a, a verse from the mm-hmm. Bible, right? And and we're not going to read that right now, but then there's sort of uh, some other stuff after it, and we are going to share that right now. So yeah, it's a this is a season that is ripe for contemplation and and going a little deeper into some of our prayer practices. And so um, we tried in this devotional to cover some different authors from modern to more classic. Um, in fact, it starts with Dietrich Bonhoeffer and and to offer some insight into how God might be speaking to us this Advent. Okay, this is from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Christ is still knocking. It is not yet Christmas, but it is also not the great final Advent, the final coming of Christ. Through all of the Advents of our life that we celebrate goes the longing for the final Advent, where it says, Behold, I make all things new. Advent is a time of waiting. Our whole life, however, is Advent. That is a time of waiting for the ultimate, for the time when there will be a new heaven and a new earth, when all people are brothers and sisters, and one rejoices in the words of the angels, On earth, peace to those on whom God's favor rests. Learn to wait, because he has promised to come. I stand at the door. We, however, call to him. Yes, come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. As we move into our prayer for illumination... I share that as we are at the beginning of the Advent season, there are Advent devotionals that are available to you. They are in the narthex in the vestibule. Um, I hope you'll pick them up. They have, you'll see on the cover, the logo for those who dream. We also have one for families, a calendar page. So I hope you'll find those today and take them home. Friends, let us pray. Almighty God, in this season of Advent, this season when we are looking and watching and waiting, help us to hear your word, that we might listen to the word that you are speaking and follow you. We ask it in your name. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the 13th chapter of Mark. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the four ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and it puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour... No one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come 
in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. As you have already heard, it is the first Sunday of the Advent season. It is the first Sunday of our new liturgical year. And each year on the first Sunday of Advent, we not only celebrate that Jesus was born, that celebration of Christmas, we remember that Jesus has promised to come again. And so Advent, as we prepare for what is ahead, as we prepare to celebrate and look forward, this is known as a season of waiting, of great anticipation, waiting for the big event, waiting for the big day, waiting for what is already and not yet at the same time. Children know this is a season of waiting. And waiting is hard. And often, waiting is not a lot of fun. When you're adulting, waiting often conjures images and feelings of hospital waiting rooms, airports, waiting for test results. And impatience bubbles within us, and it feels frustrating. Sometimes when we're being told to wait, it feels like we are just passing the time. We're not being productive. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. And we worry sometimes we're missing out. That while we are waiting, what if something important is happening? What if we're not learning what we need to learn? What if we're not doing something we should be doing? Brad Aaron Modlin wrote a poem that expresses some of this feeling that feeling that if we just stand by the sidelines and wait, we're going to miss something important. His poem is entitled, What You Missed, That One Day You Were Absent on the Fourth Grade. <laughs> what you missed that day you were absent from the fourth grade. Mrs. Nelson explained how to stand still and listen to the wind, how to find meaning in pumping gas. How to find that peeling potatoes can be a form of prayer. She took questions on how to feel not lost in the dark. After lunch, she distributed worksheets that covered ways to remember your grandfather's voice. Then the class discussed falling asleep without feeling you had forgotten something to do, something important and how to believe the house you wake in is your home. This prompted Mrs. Nelson to draw a chalkboard diagram dealing, detailing how to chant the Psalms during your breaks, how not to squirm when your own thoughts are all that you hear, also that you have enough. The English lesson that day was that I am is a complete sentence. And just before the afternoon bell, she made the math equation look easy, the one that proves hundreds of questions. And feeling cold, and all those nights spent looking for whatever it was you lost, and one person, you add up to something. 
Sometimes when we're waiting, it feels like we're missing out on all of the important things. We're not very good at it. But what if, I wonder, what if, I wonder, this Advent, we try to set aside the anxiety of waiting, the frustration, the fear of missing out, of being behind? What if we let all of that go and instead saw the beauty of simply being for a season? For certainly, there are some things we can do while we are waiting. Betsy Beckman wrote these words. What can be done while waiting? You can't force open a bud. You can pause to marvel at the petals, all tightly packed, compact, held within, barely emerging from the cloak of green. But you can't force it open. You can sit with that bud and let it know that you are alive to witness its own aliveness, waiting, brimming to break forth. You can remind that bud of the long, many long dark hours it spent deep in the earth as a dream, a hope, a whisper, a promise. With your own long deep breath, you can remember to that bud how water is even now drawn up to the very stem to fill the slender stamens sequestered within. You can sit in silence together while the sun beams its light on closed quarters as if to call Lazarus, come forth. Quietly, you can recall together the dream of what's to come. And while you are believing and waiting and believing some more, Sometimes you can spy the almost imperceptible curl of a petal unfolding and the glint of color poking out, streaming through. But mostly it will happen when you close your eyes and open them again, and then there it will be, bursting forth in unabashed, inexplicable, exquisite beauty, a blossom opening itself so boldly, so brilliantly, so divinely to the world, proclaiming such delicate praises before your awe-filled eyes. What if, I wonder, what if this Advent, instead of worrying, instead of waiting, instead of being impatient, what if we allowed ourselves to go at our own pace? instead of feeling like we are constantly behind and need to catch up? What if, I wonder, what if for Advent, instead of thinking of it as waiting, we thought of this as a season of dreaming, of visioning, letting go of one thing and embracing another? It might be that this is exactly what our scripture for today has in mind, dreaming of what can be. Courtney Buggs, a homiletical professor at a seminary in Indiana, sums up this passage quite beautifully with one simple sentence. She writes, we may not know what is to come, but we do know who is to come. The people to whom this passage is written, the people Jesus is addressing, they want to know when things will happen. They're not interested in ambiguity or mystery or metaphor. They want details. They want specifics. They want a schedule. 
The setting is the Mount of Olives, and Jesus is talking with Peter, James, John, and Andrew. And they've asked Jesus for more details about the destruction of the temple that he has just mentioned, he has just foretold. Now, when Mark writes these words, that destruction has happened. It's about the year 70. And the people who would hear these words are in crisis. Their whole identity has shifted. The world is in disarray. It is chaos. It is confusion. There is persecution, arrest, even martyrdom. And they're looking for answers. They want something concrete. It is a shaky time, and they are feeling unsure, unsettled, uncertain. And so Mark's words that have come to be known as a little apocalypse are intended to help give them some direction, to help them discern the spirits, to help us know how to go forward. Instead of giving them a path forward, Jesus helps them recalibrate. Instead of directions on a map, it's a new map entirely. And it says, instead of a list of things to do, you need to embrace hope and possibility and dream of what the new world can be. We need to dream, Jesus tells us, of what the world can be. But not just that. What if, I wonder, if we allow these dreams of what might be out there, what could be out there when we let God lead us, what if we also took the time to embrace that in the here and now? In a beautiful reflection on this passage, Richard Rohr writes, most of us probably hear this passage from Mark as if it were threatening or punitive, as if Jesus is saying, you better get it right, you better be awake, or I'm going to come get you. But he says, Jesus is not talking about judgment here. He's not threatening us or talking about death. He's talking about the forever coming of Christ, the eternal coming of Christ, which is now and now and now. He writes, Christ is always coming. God is always present. It's we who are not. Jesus tells us always to be ready, to be awake, to be fully conscious and expectant. It's the key to all spirituality because usually we are the ones who are not present. He says most of us just repeat the same routines every day and we get upset if there are any interruptions to our routines. But God, he says, is invariably and ironically found in the interruptions, the discontinuities, the exceptions, the surprises. Seldom is God in the patterns. God has to catch us literally off guard. God is invariably and ironically found in the interruptions, the discontinuities, exceptions, surprises, and seldom in the patterns. Which is why Advent, as it brings different patterns and routines and structures, is such a rich and powerful time to encounter the risen Christ. But it also means that for people who love a pattern, love a routine, love a tradition, this can sometimes be a little bit difficult. My friend and colleague Bob Dunham, who preached here two weeks ago, often tells a story in his sermons about a day he had very early on in his ministry. 
It was a day of great frustration when things just did not turn out the way he wanted them to. He went home that evening and he started telling his wife all about the day and about the list of people who had interrupted his work, about the things that had come up to his desk that had gotten in the way of him completing the work he wanted to accomplish. His wife, Marla, who is a very wise woman, let him speak. She let him share his frustrations. And then after a few moments of silence, said, but aren't those interruptions actually your job? <laughs> what if, I wonder, what if this Advent we not only allowed ourselves to go at our own pace and to dream, but we learned to welcome the interruptions, the interruptions to our patterns, the changes in our routine, and to know that that's where God is. What would that mean for you? What would that mean in your own life? What does it mean when our real work is welcoming God's kingdom into our lives and into the community? How does that change how we see distractions? What are the real distractions? And how do we sometimes use our routines and our patterns to keep us from having to deal with the things God places before us. What dreams do you believe God has for you, for this community? And what patterns might need to be interrupted? Not because interruptions are fun, but because that's where God is. What if instead of thinking of Advent as a time to wait, we instead embraced it as a time to dream? For again, we may not know what is to come, but we do know who is to come. That is our story. That is our song. It is the solid rock on which we stand, the ground in which our souls have taken deep root. And for this, on this first Sunday of Advent, this season of dreaming, we give thanks to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. When Jesus calls for us to keep awake, he's not hoping to surprise us. He's hoping to welcome us. For we are God's children. You are God's beloved children. And this is the season of God's advent. Alleluia. Amen. Amen.